Welcome to the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast, the show that talks all things female resistance training to help women feel beautiful, confident, and strong in and out of the gym. Now for your hosts, Jordan and Gretchen. Welcome back to the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast. In today's episode, we are here to talk about how to track progress without the scale. Yeah, we did an episode not too long ago about all about the scale. And now we're going to tell you how to track progress without the scale. I think we get really lost in using the scale for progress. Yeah. We forget that there are other ways to take a look at things. Yeah. A lot of people just focus on that number. And it it is important in that episode, we said, like, if you want to lose weight, we got to look at the scale. Absolutely. It's just not the only way. Right. Right. To track your progress. So Um, when it comes to it, typically I break them down into three different categories, body composition, fitness, and nutrition. When it comes to body composition, right? Progress pictures are amazing. I still, to this day, regret not taking a progress picture when I started my journey, because I would love to see a comparison of that. I only have old pictures of me from when I was playing, like not truly of like me and my body composition. I would love to see like the comparison of where I'm at then versus now. Yeah. Progress pictures. I mean, you can, I know like 75 hard, they're really encouraging on you taking them every single day. That's one of the things you have to do in order to meet that. Yep. I don't think you're going to see progress every single day, but you can make a nice slide deck of pictures at the end and show yourself that change, which is cool. Yeah. But I typically say I I aim for once a month, maybe once a week, depending on, on, on where I'm at, where our client's at once a month is enough to see some change. Uh, once a week is, is tough. Like it's very hit or miss on if people see progress. Yeah. And I, like you said, there is that challenge that makes you do it every single day. And you and I have discussed this. Um, I'm not knocking on the challenge in any specific way, but I definitely think that if you take it every single day and you have those days where you're bloated or you had a bad weekend or something happened and your weight went up a little bit because you're bloated and then you see that bloating that day, for some people that could knock them down pretty hard. So I like, I like the once a month. Um, And then I do think it would be fun to see a before and after. Um, I didn't take one right before you and I started working together, but I do have a before picture of probably four months before you and I started working together when I started trying it. I haven't taken an after one. (laughs) Um, Just because it wasn't, for me, it wasn't that big of a deal. I think I'm going to take one uh, and just see what it looks like. But I, there was other ways that I found that I knew that I had hit my goals. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Um, Another way to measure progress comes down to actual measurements. Yeah. There's so many different areas like skin areas where you can measure progress. Um, I typically do a seven site measure with clients. You can go to nine sites, but you are literally measuring like the circumference of certain body parts, which is really valuable. Um, This was really big when like I kind of was maintaining weight. Um, 
to see like muscularly how things were growing, how things were progressing. Yeah. Um, there was a while where I was really trying to balance out my right versus my left side. So I was really keen on like my right bicep versus my left bicep and trying to balance those things out a little bit more. Um, but measurements are a really cool way to see again, something I would recommend only once a month because you're, you know, bloating, inflammation, all of it, you're not going to have major changes in a day, in a week. So it's, it's better. You feel better if you do it after a month. Absolutely. Um, another one and my favorite one is clothing sizes, more fabric, more fabric. Um, this one is big, obviously, because your clothing fits differently. Correct. Right. Um, I, it blows my mind. I mean, not so much anymore because I understand things a little bit better, but I am in the same pant size as when I was 25 to 30 pounds later because my body composition is different. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it is pretty incredible, like how body composition changes and allows us to still fit into certain things. Yeah. Um, like you notice when things feel a little bit tighter, Mm -hmm. but like, I know for me, like I've done the same thing. Like I've been both lighter and heavier and the clothes still fit the same, might fit a little bit different, but I'm still in the same sizes. Right. Like the, the waist size is the same. Uh, the leg part is a little bit tighter right now. Cause you know, those big thighs and quads, big thighs, big thighs. Um, another way is body fat calculators. Yeah. Um, those are ones some, sometimes gyms have the handheld devices that you can hold, you know, enter your height, your weight, age, gender, and it'll, you squeeze it and it'll tell you your body fat percentage. They're, they're okay. Again, you gotta like take control of the controllables and make sure that weight is, you know, you do it at the same time at the same day after the same things. Um, but there are other body fat measurements that you can, I mean, there are really expensive scans that you can do that can assess body fat. If you want to spend the money and do that, like that can definitely be a means of progress. But I would typically say that would be like a, I'm going to do this one year big transformation journey. I'm going to do it at the beginning and I'm also going to do it at the end. It's not those big expensive ones aren't going to be ones you do monthly or weekly by any means. Right. The handheld ones, I would typically recommend maybe once a week, um, maybe every other week if I'm recommending those. So other ways to track progress without the scale, um, is through your fitness. Yeah. Uh, we specifically as power lifters have metric lifts. So we have our squat, our bench, our deadlift. So those are actually the lifts that we track our progress on. Not to say that we don't care about our accessory, our accessory work, but right. Those are the numbers that we are trying to compete with. So we are trying to pay extra attention to those because we want to increase our totals for a competition for me. For like, for like our accessories, I'll have an idea of what weights I use for those things, but the accessories change every month usually. And then it could be four months before I did a certain accessory movement. And then I just got to go back and recheck. Yeah. We always have squat bench and deadlift in our program. So there, right. those are moves that we are always evaluating how we did with those. 
Mm-hmm. Um, for us, like we could technically call it like, like our RPE, like our, our energy, our effort level on it, because like we've hit these lifts before, right? Like we've hit the weights before. Yeah. Um, we're not actually like increasing. We're not checking every week to see what our PR is. We're, right. we're checking to see like level of difficulty ease of the movement. Um, we're thinking about different things like tightening up here, driving through here. We're, we're, we're keeping track of them in a little bit different ways right now, but it's still like, we're looking at means of progress every single week in those three lifts. Yeah. And I know like a big thing for me is, um, even if we hit the same weight again, how many reps am I hitting it for? This may have been like my one rep at some point, and now I'm doing it for a triple. Like that's another way I know for me that I don't necessarily have all of my numbers in my head, but I have a pretty good idea of like, oh, last time I did one and the second one really sucked and I almost didn't make it. And now I'm like a solid two of them are good to go. Obviously it's progressing. Yeah. I think if you're somebody who, you know, you don't need to be a power lifter to have metric lifts. Right. Typically like for my general clients, I think of like for our group fitness programs, we have a specific focus for that program. So like right now I'm building out the one for, uh, we're going to have one related to hip thrusts. So we're going to measure and keep track of our progress over an eight week span for hip thrusts. Um, like there'll be an upper body one as well to complement it. We're not only looking at hip thrusts for eight weeks, but pick an exercise. Sometimes like we want new exercises, new exercises, new exercises. We think that like we're paying for this service. We should get a totally new program every single time, but there's value in doing the same exercise again and, and seeing what benefit you got. There's value in working at it for a set period of time and mm-hmm. seeing what growth can come of it. So I typically like clients to work at things for anywhere eight to 12 weeks, because that really is a good length of time to see how well we, we did, what really changed, how we, how we progressed through that during that time. Yeah. Another way in fitness is cardiovascular endurance. Yes. So I think of this, like keeping track of your mile time or like your 5k time. Um, maybe like a rowing time or a skier or biker, like how fast it takes you to burn a certain set of calories on that, Mm -hmm. that like, those are things that you can measure and keep track of. Um, are they the most fun? No, but like it's (laughs) there. If you're into cardiovascular training, you also need to have measures of progress. Like what's the point of just going out, like running to run? Like, oh, I ran, check my box. Right. Like, look for ways that you can progress through that. Maybe like you run a, let's say a 5K in 30 minutes. And like, that's your goal to, to just make it again, back to like our, with our lifts, like the ease, the level of difficulty. You look at your heart rate at the end of it. Like your heart rate is lower at the end of this, but you've really, you worked on completing this in 30 minutes. Right. It's just gotten easier for you to do. Yeah. I know. Um, we don't do lots of cardio anymore that we're not training for it. Uh, but I do still do a lot of one, a lot of outdoor walks with the puppies and I do track them. 
Yeah. You know, I try to make them a little bit faster every single time. Um, but also in the gym, there are certain days that I'm at the gym a little bit longer until our coach comes in and I don't want to just sit there and do nothing. So I'll get on the treadmill and do like a 30 minute walk Yeah, and tracking the speed that I'm at, trying to bump it up a little bit and seeing the ease of it bumping up and not huffing and puffing and dripping sweat is kind of how I track that for me and the progress. Can I have a conversation with someone while I'm on this? Right. Yeah. Um, last way to measure progress when it comes to fitness regards relates to like your mobility and your range of motion. This could be for somebody who is coming back from an injury. This could be for somebody who is maybe new and they don't have, let's say squat depth right now. Like you're working on building these things. Um, you and I like both did the gymnastics thing, right? Like being a little kid, you worked on your splits, right? And every single time you worked, you tried to see like, how much closer? Am I closer to the ground? Am I closer? Am I closer? Am I closer? Um, so it was like, there are different ways to measure that progress. Um, I like did the whole PT shadowing hours prep for PT school, you know, and a lot of it was like, you may do 15 exercises with a two pound dumbbell for like internal, external shoulder rotation. But like this week, like I don't have any pain with doing it. Right. Um, it felt easy when I was done. I felt better about it. Um, you may add like ranges of motion. You keep a marker of where, where you were able to open your hips up for some type of stretch. But I think that one is really undervalued. I don't think that we track that enough. Um, I would say that I don't necessarily track things. Like I'm, I'm thinking of like hip stuff, but like when I go through hip mobility or hip activation stuff, like I'm very aware, like, Ooh, my hips are tighter today. Um, so it may not be an actual tracking of things, but you and I are pretty aware of where our body is at on a day-to-day basis with things. Right. Absolutely. So the third and final kind of area is nutrition. Yes. Um, habit stacking is a big one. Also, I would say undervalued and just like consecutive days tracking a certain food related habit. You could make this for fitness as well. Body composition as well. Um, but like ate a vegetable every day, ate a fruit every day, drank three bottles of water every day, like really looking at how many days you were able to do that. Um, and, and even like habit stacking Excel itself is like piggybacking onto another habit. Um, consistency in, in tracking your habits is really rewarding. Like there is an actual, actual dopamine trigger of like, let's say I had a jar of marbles, like one is completely full. And I say, I'm going to eat uh, a vegetable every single day for the month of November. Every time I, like, every time I do, I drop that marble into that jar. Like there's a dopamine trigger that goes with that. And like, it excites you. It reminds us that like that I, I like, Ooh, I want to do that. I love that feeling of being successful, hearing that marble clank into the jar. Mm-hmm. Um, a big one for habit stacking was for me, meal prepping. Like yeah. I just got a meal prep. I got to learn. I did not know how to meal prep really before and learning how to meal prep and just getting that done on my meal prep days. All right, we're doing it. I did it. And it made it so much easier to get my nutrition. Yeah. To see the progress. Um, the obvious one when it comes to tracking progress with nutrition is 
like actually tracking what goes into your body. Um, the food items, I will have certain clients like who are very averse to tracking at first, just take pictures of their meals and send them to me. Um, that's a really, really simple, basic way. They may write down everything that goes into them on a certain day. Then we progress up to calories. We progress up to macros and keeping track of those things is a great way of identifying and measuring progress. Absolutely. And that's another way of habit stacking, especially for someone who's completely averse to, I mean, it's hard to count macros right away. If you've never done it, if you've never used a food scale, if you've never had to figure out what a carb is, what a fat is, what a protein is, it can be intimidating. So doing that sacking of progressively getting to counting your macros. Yes. Yes. Uh, the last one is hydration status. Um, that's one wherein like you can measure hydration in a number of ways, right? Like you can measure it in the number of bottles of water you drink in a day or ounces of water you drink in a day. <clears throat> you can fill up an entire gallon of, bo- gallon of water, drink that in a day. You can also assess it. Like there was one like in school. I remember this. I thought it was really weird. We had to do an assignment every day. When we went to the bathroom, we had to analyze the color of our pee for a week. Yeah. But that reveals a lot about, that reveals a lot about your hydration status. Yeah. Um, you know, like the point was like to be able to find your right fit in the, in this scale of things. And it like, it worked great. It really taught me a lot about where I needed to be water wise. Um, I'm not saying that you need to like pull out a, a calendar and start looking at that every time you go pull out color swatches. Yeah. Like get, get some paint samples and match them up. Um, but it is like, there are different ways to track hydration because again, we'll say this over and over again, hydrating yourself is very, very important. We got to find ways to track it. We have to find ways of how do we get better at hydrating ourselves? How do we get more fluids into our system so that we are actually, we're, 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 putting what our body needs in to keep the processes going. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast. If you liked what you heard today, go ahead and give us a like, a share on Instagram. Let us know what more you want to hear from us so that we can truly make this the podcast that females go to to improve their resistance training experience.